You are now about to witness wrestling knowledge at its finest. Sideline Junkies proudly presents the People's Choice, Don Rodriguez, the big guy, KG. They are the WrestleManiacs. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, after a week-long hiatus where we didn't have a WrestleManiacs episode, the People's Choice Don Rodriguez, the big guy KG, are back and still your reigning, defending, undefeated, unrivaled and unmatched tag team champions of the universe. We are the WrestleManiacs. Welcome, everybody. And not quite naked. We had to reschedule the butt naked episode. <laughs> oh. Maybe that's why That's why uh, Anchor shut down and they was having technical difficulties because they had to find a creative way to make sure we couldn't do what we was going to do. <laughs> but so kudos to them for just pulling the plug on the entire thing for everybody that was trying to podcast to stop us from being, being the first ever butt naked podcast on Anchor. But, but, we are clever. There's going to be some butts. Oh, yeah. We are clever. <laughs> and we found a way to get around that. So, ladies and gentlemen, stay tuned for that butt naked episode. There's only going to be one. Is this the video episode you're talking about? Yes. Okay, well, yeah, heck yeah, man. So I'm going to do that at the crack of dawn. <laughs> I'm here all week, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here all week. Uh, but we're here on the weekend, on a Saturday, to bring you all the goodness, uh, some of the highlights from going around the universe, and we might as well start getting in since we didn't had a break. Uh, we're talking about AEW and how they continue to surprise coming out of All Out last week, which you know we kind of would have been leading into by bringing in somebody that I know we've talked about several times over on how we would like to see and we, we enjoy watching and performing that being ODB was not expecting ODB to show up uh, in uh, the women's battle Royal. That was, you know, exceptional. I'm going to say something about ODB. Go ahead, man. Number one, most people don't realize she was in OVW. Mm -hmm. She was supposed to be a talent that came up with, uh, the first batch of divas, some idiot, some some punk with a tiny stock of diamonds for a net, felt that she wasn't pretty enough to be a diva. So she was released from her contract. She went to sign, you know, with TNA. She was a knockout champion four times, knockout tag team champion. And in my opinion, I was in love with her in TNA. I was in love with her, her, her persona, just her period, and to see her, oh my goodness, Whew. all those emotions flooded back. But I was like, you know what? I got Naya sitting right here beside me. I ain't gonna say nothing. But Naya's on the road now, and Naya's not like most girls, so Mm-mm. you don't want to play around with that. Now, speaking of which, that right there would be a pretty damn good match with uh Tamina and Naya's corner and Awesome Kong and ODB's corner. Yep, that's exactly what I was about to say. That would be <clears throat> sorry Jim Ross, a slobber knocker. 
unfortunately for Nia, I would have to put uh, the win with ODB and Awesome Kong. Because Tamina's cool, but yeah, Kong will, you know, she's got that Kong's going to kill you Samoa Joe level thing going on, like Super Saiyan 8000. You don't, you don't mess around with Awesome Kong. Period. Period. But um, yeah, I, I was marking, I was like, I know KG is losing his mind knowing that ODB is back. And then also the return of who, in my opinion, is the spiritual successor of uh, WWE Hall of Famer, Miss Jacqueline being jazz. Because if anybody can carry that moniker of a hard-hitting African-American female that takes no crap and will just knock you the hell out, period. Jazz is that with her no more hairstyle. She, you know, former WWE alum. Um, I wish, I mean, you know, she'd be interesting in this day and age to come back because her versus Nia Jax would just be a, a, a brawl. But unfortunately, I think she'd take out Nia too. Um, Nia can, is the wrestler, but the barroom brawler, Jazz is like the uh, the, the Dudley boys uh, in essence. And ODB is kind of like the female Stone Cold. <laughs> and technically we had them both together. So that's just explosive. Mm-hmm. But what you're going to stop doing is doing my girl Nia like that. I'm not doing Nia wrong i'm just being honest and realistic just look look at the tailor just watch the two come down to the ring naya's looking around jazz coming down like samoa joe you might as well just whatever music she has is get rid of that and all you need to hear is and then you know you just see jazz come out like well jazz is gonna kill you and that's how that's gonna go (laughs) throw a towel around the neck whatever it needs to be I mean, honestly, she she also has that Taz vibe, too. So, Jazz is an animal. And uh, AEW still pulling uh, surprises, like I alluded to, out their their back pocket. That's two of them. But the biggest surprise was the spine buster heard round the world of Mr. Sean Spears, as only one man can do, and that being the enforcer, Arn Anderson. And he was the insurance policy for Cody Rhodes. And when Arn hit that spine buster, it's like, well, guess who didn't lose a step? Arn Anderson. Can't say you still got it. All you got to say is, well, that's just Arn Anderson. He never lost it. He is it. You know, that, that is the number one spine buster, period, in all of wrestling, wrestling, and sports entertainment. Number two is a toss-up between your boy Triple H and The Rock. I, I'll give you that. And number okay, four, I was, with, I was waiting for you to contest it. I'm about to say what? No, no, no. What Num- number? Because I was waiting to see who you say it. But number four, if, if if those two are toss up at two, number four would have to be Batista. Yeah, I agree with that. So I, I agree with that. But that's that's a, an elite few right there, and it's even more dynamic when somebody sells it properly, because Lord knows that snap from Arn Anderson just boom. It's like well. Just lost some spleen. Where did that? I shit it out. <laughs> let, let, let me tell you this. I seen the video of it, and all I could do was sit there, and I watched about five, six, seven, maybe even eight times, and I couldn't say anything because in my mind I was transported back to that kid in the 80s watching NWA wrestling. Oh, testify. And I, I, but in my mind, I'm like, hold on. Arn Anderson is 
you know, he lost the use of his hand, didn't he? Didn't he have a stroke and he couldn't do it anymore? Well, partial paralysis, but I mean, he's had that for years. But he now. came, he, he looks slim, mm -hmm. he looks fit. And next thing I know, I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. And the building erupted. So, like I said, uh, leading up to October, which knock, knock, knock is right around the corner. Knock, knock, knock. TNA, we didn't get a chance to talk about it last week, had a really well produced. Uh, and when I say really well produced, some of the writing credit also went to Tony Schiavone and get ready for it, kids. Kevin Sullivan, another big surprise. Kevin Sullivan putting one of the greatest minds in the business along with one of the craziest uh, uh, is, is putting a, a little bit of a stamp and a mark on AEW. But that one hour episode, that introductory into All Out and some of the characters or superstars that are, are going to be performing was really good to me. And did you watch it? Did you, you, you caught that hopefully. Um, no, I hope I, you did. Oh man. I, I, I've, I've been uh, working. I've been working. All right, Beyonce. I've been working. Mm -hmm. I've been working. Uh -huh. But uh, whoever did the promo for Brandy, whew, that promo that she did uh, on Sean Spears for Cody was the best female promo I've seen, period. And this is even topping Becky Lynch's. This is even topping Ronda Rousey's, you know, in at least maybe three years time. It was so dynamic. And she delivered that with, with such poignancy that I thought she was in the match. That's how, how, I mean, man. Now, if we took that and sad to say put that accolade up against Stephanie McMahon's promos, yeah, AEW wins that one. Very once in a while, you get a good, like, spot-on, hardcore, dialed-in Stephanie promo. But this one was – that made the whole thing for me right there. And then the second highlight was when Kenny Omega was uh, going over the, the, the situation with John Moxley, and he was all cutting a promo and what's going on, and then the guy comes in, yeah, Moxley's out. He's like, what? Yeah, he's got a staph infection. And then Kenny Omega's like, yeah, uh, whatever. That's just, I got to go. And he just walked off. Like, that was great television, even though it was a, a produced hour of uh, AEW introductory. And I'm quite sure we'll see a couple more. Because remember, I was asking for, like, when are we going to see an impression of AEW on TNT? It was at the 10, 10 p.m. time slot. So it's right where it needs to be for the bloodletting and stuff that they're planning on delivering so it's pretty exciting to see that they had that impression they turned around and had some great surprises at all out and then now we're looking forward to hint hint kg tickets already went on sale but uh aew full gear in november because they are working hard in this uh, vince backyard um this new york wwf territory area uh because november 9th live from Baltimore is full gear pay-per-view. Mm. So that's going to be exciting. So they're starting it off in DC. Like I said, 
a couple hours away from New York. Jab, jab, jab. Hey, we're here. About to end the year in typical OG fashion. Because remember, DC always had um, Starcade for the longest time from WCW. And in November, at some point, that was Baltimore. If not, sometimes it was in the beginning of December. But those two went hand in hand because that was, um, you know, they wanted to get their little foot in the door from the WWE side of things to make sure they were close to Starcade as much as possible. But Nitro was in Baltimore guaranteed uh, before or after Starcade. So, or Philly or Virginia, depending on how they really felt about it. But tickets uh, range from $300 floor seats, um, which will come with the commemorative chairs, up to $30, which in Baltimore, you know, the upper deck really isn't that bad, having sat there for some sports entertainment stuff. Um, it's not bad seating if you're in the right section. So for the listeners, especially the ones in the DMV, I'm going to give you the jewel of the Nile, the cream of the crop, the best sections to sit in to be seen on camera, hard camera view. That's section 110, which is the almighty number one, uh, 108 and 112. So if you want to get seen based off of how AEW is producing and shooting their hard camera angles, um, and those are the ones that don't move, that's just stationary on one side of the arena, and then they have the other boom ones that move around and do all that other stuff. But the hard camera, 110, 108, and 112 are the number one seats that every time I would go, and this is, you know, a long, kind of long time ago, go to the box office and schmooze whoever's in a box office to let me pick my exact seat. Those are the sections based off of availability that I would always uh, sit in, period. No exceptions to the rule. Boom. I need to be right there. So that way I had <clears throat> uninterrupted view. I was pretty much right there, uh, a little bit higher or lined in with the ring, and good to go. Loving it all day long. <laughs> so you got time to book your tickets, man. November 9th, a.k.a. November 9th. two months away. Yeah, pretty much. Be ready. Be ready. So that means I'll walk into, uh, what's that, Royal Farms Arena? Yeah, the Baltimore Arena. Yeah, bumping my go-go. Okay, that's cool. You can do it, man. <laughs> it's a different feel. I'm quite sure you'll get a hall pass. As long as you're playing the butt, then no. you don't really know. No. What? I'm playing overnight scenario. Oh, God. They're going to look at you now like, what is this fool? He's got to be from one of them, them, them DC people, man. Right? The first time he called us a bad man, we punched him in the mouth. <laughs> yeah, because if I don't say, if I'm like, yeah, yo, yeah, I, I understand. Shout out to my man Marquise for teaching me that one. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of going out in the far left field, this next topic I just straight up called Flair what? Mm. And Lord knows, Ric Flair is known for his sayings. Ric Flair is known for living his sayings. Ric Flair is known for being his sayings. Now that we're kind of well invested into this, Ric Flair is currently being known for trying to copyright and take the trademark and everything else associated with it uh, with 
the most important thing in the industry right now, the man. So he has formally shown interest uh, and desire to get accredited so that way he has to be paid for every time somebody is using that reference. And I know I want to get your opinion on this heavily, and I know you have an opinion, considering that this would be an unprecedented uh, ruling if they ruled in his favor across all of sports. Um, but Ric Flair trying to get paid, and what he said was he wants to be able to support his family, which puts things in an interesting perspective. Because we're used to, in our minds, for the longest time, believing that Flair is like the Million Dollar Man, just rich. We know Ted DiBiase is not the Million Dollar Man um, in reference to financial stability because he's not you know, <laughs> doing what we would expect him to do as the Million Dollar Man. He may have some money. But he's not, you know, money, 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 money. We know who owned that million dollar belt. But, uh, <laughs> you know, Flair was different because what he said he did. And what he did he said. And you just expect that to be the norm. And now it's like, oh, man, Nature Boy needs to support his family. Even though, you know, he's got a few more miles to feed. You know, his new wife, I believe, has three daughters and stuff. And they're still younger than Charlotte. Um, and they're, they're active and doing things. So he's running a circuit with the appearances and and stuff like that. But it's like, man, I thought you would have some more money. But then at the same time, as much as you spend, you know, if you still buying Rolexes, you know, you may have to curb that. You can have that age now, Rick. <laughs> you may have to make these decisions. Um, how do you feel? Because if they, if they grant this, then just think of all the sayings. You know, everything that you hear in the NBA jam, somebody – Every time they play the game or sell a game, they getting paid for it. Mm-hmm. That'd be absurd. You know, everything you hear at Sports Center, if they say it on another network, ESPN gets paid for it. You know, that every time you hear "Cool is the other side of pillow," and hopefully people are still saying it. Shout out to <laughs> and rest in peace to Stuart Scott. I That's know I do. You definitely need to. You need to cut that check. Um, or you know, <laughs> every time you hear somebody say "Boomer sooner." Or get ready for it. And this would be the biggest check that this guy would retire immediately if Ric Flair got the green light and he has to get paid every time somebody says the man. Think about how much money Daniel Bryan would rake in for every yes chant around the world. Mm-hmm. And go. Well, first off, I, I told somebody, I told a female that she was cooler than the other side of the pillow. And she looked at me with the, the dumbfounded look like what? But <laughs> I just told her that like last week, 20 years later, and I'm still using it. Mm-hmm. That and uh, call the uh, bus driver because he's taking these kids to school. <laughs> oh, Lord. That was an ESPN zone flashback. Hey, man. <laughs> <laughs> he could go. Oh, I mean, come on now. Like I said, all of that stuff. <laughs> But this whole lawsuit, and then I'm 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 reading that he tried to settle it in private, but him and and uh, Charlotte are having problems also. There there's a rift between them two. I don't know how much truth it is to that, but uh, the simple fact that the great Ric Flair, whom I love dearly, I'm sure I'm not the only one. I know you feel the same way. Mm-hmm. To say that he needs money, that's one thing. It's only 
I'm not going to say a handful, but it's only a select few wrestlers that after their in-ring days are over, they should never want for money again because of what they did for the sport. Ric Flair is one. Mm-hmm. Hogan is another. Mm-hmm. Bret Hart. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, shit. Um, the Hart family, period, shouldn't yeah. want for money at all. Because as many people, as many Hall of Famers they turned out of the dungeon, that's enough right there. Yep. Uh, um, but Sting. Sting. Sting's another one. Goldberg. Austin, Kevin, The Rock. Yep, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, Shawn Michaels. Triple I mean, H. Yeah, well, that's that's an anomaly. That that's just a whole nother. <laughs> that, that's a that's an intelligent decision of epic proportions. Everybody else making good JBL, everybody else making good business decisions. Triple H is like, I'm just gonna do it the right way. <laughs> I'm guaranteed for life. <laughs> but like when I seen it. The first thing I, I couldn't get the picture fast enough to send it to you because it shocked me that after all this time, I mean, it's not only yeah, yeah, Ric Flair came up with the slogan to be the man, you gotta beat the man. I'm sorry. To be the man, woo, you gotta beat the man. Name of his book, everything. Okay, I get that. But he's not the only person that runs around and says, you know what, I'm the man. Mm-hmm. And I, I I can't see why he would bring this up now like bro come on it would make sense if it was only the wwe using it then you could pinpoint one thing but it, that it is so ingrained for years now into all of sports yeah. all of pop culture all of general life that how do you police that how do you only charge wwe but what about TNA? But what about AEW? But what about the NFL? But what about MLB? What about FIFA, uh, UEFA, and, and, you know, all these other sports, rugby? I mean, the list goes on. NCAA. Anybody that says, yeah, I'm the man. Oh, got to cut Ric Flair check. It's just outside of the scope of logic. And I think that's why Triple H is like, no, Shawn Michaels and, you know, Stephanie, Vince, like, you know, this doesn't make sense. Some of his closest, you know, friends are like, Rick, what the hell are you talking about? But think about this. And now they say on the 24th, uh, he tweeted to Becky Lynch and Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift, who has a song called The Man on her new album, Lover. I'm not a Taylor Swift fan. I'm going to let you finish. I'm going to let you finish. The People's Choice Don Rodriguez had the best album ever. <laughs> thanks, but thanks. He, he tweeted. <laughs> he tweeted, "I hate to break it to you both, Becky Lynch and Taylor Swift, but I'm the man, and to be the man, you got to beat the man." Woo! Hashtag the man. Now that was on the 24th. A week later, which is on the 31st. He treated, he, he tweeted, he tweeted, to be the man, you got to beat the man. Hashtag already trademark. I wonder if it's a work because uh, they say him and Becky have been going back and forth, uh, you know, just playing around and throwing subtle things uh, on Twitter. But they say Charlotte, you know, this business dispute with WWE has caused personal problems between him and his daughter. Uh, 
And you got this whole thing with, uh, you know, Charlotte and Becky are two of your top stars on the female side, but they're two of your top stars, period, in WWE. Uh, this is bad it timing. Is just, it's, it's out of nowhere. And if, I know hindsight being 2020, same thing like, uh, um, you know, Lil Wayne and a 504 boy, they, you know, like, man, we should have patented bling bling. <laughs> as much money and as many people said that and still say it. Um, yeah. You know, Will Smith will quite show wish he was getting paid at pie every time somebody said getting jiggy with it uh, and stuff like that. But it's done. It's just out there. Right. It's just what people say now. It's uh, if it's it's probably in the dictionary or the encyclopedia with a uh, which and definitely Wikipedia with, with a reference to what this means. It is part of which, which one? Bling bling. Oh no, uh, the man. Uh, bling bling is. <laughs> bling yeah, that is. was shocking. But I was. I, no, bling bling is. Oh, is. Is the two words okay? It's it, it's in it's Webster's dictionary. Insanity. Just. That's insane already on so many levels, uh, but I love it. But yeah, man, it, it, and then the the icing on the cake. Not only is he taking on the WWE and logistics, he's also challenged Nike because he signed a deal with Adidas, which is fine. But you got to come correct and at least get the product out before you start challenging Nike. I'm sorry, and Lord knows at least. We need to see in what front. From, you know, the soccer or football standpoint, yeah, Adidas, you're good. You can talk trash. But in just a general perspective, if you're trying to get that NBA footprint, yeah, um, you don't want to mess with the swoosh. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. <laughs> that check mark is uh, a little hard to combat. But wait, he signed a deal with Adidas. I'm, that's an endorsement deal. And now, I, I thought he had something going on with Under Armour because you always see him in a lot of Under Armour. But well, I'm actually, we'll have to see. I mean, the thing is, with everybody doing specialty shoes now, even though some of them don't really look like I would expect. Like, if you show me a Dragon Ball Z shoe, but yeah, this only just got colors of an outfit, yeah. but doesn't say Dragon Ball Z. To me, that's like I don't see the Dragon Ball in it. But um, you know. You see some of the NFL players putting woo or pictures of Ric Flair on their their cleats and, you know, other people doing different things. I understand the need to get your piece of the pie because at the end of the day, you are still a brand. Mm-hmm. And the only use of the brand is through the WWE to which if they're not using you, you're not getting a, a significant brand check. I understand the, the balance that he's trying to achieve, you know, and he doesn't want to be and I'm quite sure from an ego perspective, pigeonholed into just the I'm here, no knock on MCW, but I'm here for the appearance on MCW uh, to sign autographs. I may come out to the ring and that's it. And then I'm going to the next town for this, you know, promotion and then I'm going to sign autographs. Then I'm going to this con to sign autographs and, you know, I'm charging you $40 per picture to get the picture autographed and stuff like that. I don't think he wants, because I think if I was Ric Flair, um, for everything that I would have done for the business, once you hit that level, it's like you have to come to terms with it's over and it's one foot out the door or both feet out the door. Whereas I think if he was smart, he would be better doing what Heyman did 
with the Dangerous Alliance. He would be better in NXT as the mouthpiece for or in WWE for some of these superstars that don't talk well. Like a Chad Gable, even though he's advancing and, you know, doing pretty doggone good in this King of the Ring tournament, would benefit from Ric Flair as a mouthpiece. That that concept has already been proven with Heyman and Brock Lesnar. Because Brock Lesnar cutting a promo is not going to put butts <laughs> in the seats. But Paul Heyman spewing his, his, his golden tongue and his verbiage and just going through the roof. Oh, yeah. You just sold the show. Well, I, I can I can dig that, but not, not only that, but it will put money in his pocket. Yeah. If it's a money issue, okay, but you got to realize you're causing undue stress onto yourself. You're causing an unnecessary lawsuit. You're still going to have to pay lawyers, court fees. So how much money do you really think you're going to get? And he and go ahead. I'm sorry. We're gonna say no, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm wondering. <laughs> I'm not even gonna speculate, but I wonder who's putting batteries in his back to get him. To no, do I wasn't gonna go there because I'm not gonna lie to you. I smell, I smell a, a Leo Rush situation. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, now I, I wasn't gonna go there. I wasn't you gonna go there. You open, you open <laughs> Pandora's box, so I might as well just go ahead well, and stick my hand in. Th- this wouldn't be the sideline junkies, this wouldn't be WrestleManiacs if we didn't broach the elephant, the big pink elephant in the room, because Ric Flair has never had trouble making money. Yep. Because this is Ric Flair. People write songs about him. I don't even like the Migos, but I'll listen to Ric Flair drip. Mm-hmm. Because why? Because it's Ric Flair. How many How many rappers, how many uh, country singers, musical artists, period, have mentioned Ric Flair in their oh, music? Yeah. How many people have emulated what he's done? And that that's a, the gold standard of now what he should have trademarked, styling and profiling. Yeah. That's an easy win because that is a Ric Flair-ism. Period. Yeah. That is you on it. But if Ric Flair belt, uh, somebody would have said to be the man, you got to beat the man before him. Or hold up, I could have swore it was Harley Race. I have to fact check that. I'll let uh, the people out there in uh, the wonderful uh, pod world see if they can dig that up. But I'm quite sure Harley Race may have said that before Ric Flair at some point. Um, hopefully, but if that is the case or in that situation, that's you can't you can't do something that you didn't invent. You can't take credit for something that you didn't put forth, but yet you used. But style and a profile, that's Ric Flair. All day long. But you, you, you know something? Uh, <laughs> didn't he trademark the big gold belt? Isn't that his? That I'm not sure about. And then on top of that, uh, like in later years of WWE using the belt, because if you notice, when he left WCW for WWE in 91, they stopped using the big gold belt. They were still NWA then, but they stopped using the big gold belt. It came back when he came back. When uh, 2001, when WWE bought WCW, they brought the big gold belt over. 
when Ric Flair's contract was up and he wasn't part owner anymore, uh, the big gold belt disappeared. Well, but, well no, because they did a WWE version of it as well. So that technically that when they put their stamp on it's different it's a different product. Was it But it's it was the same design though. Close to it, but there was some subtle differences in those championships. Um yes. Okay. Oh what well, look, you just schooled me. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that's the lesson yeah, for the it week was, huh? There's a couple of differences, and that's just because I had one at the house. <laughs> so I'm like, that's a different belt. Uh difference in it was a plate size was different. Um and a, a couple other things. So it was I thought that that belt was the WWE version was no, smaller. No, WWE version was thicker. WCW was, thicker. was thinner. Mm-hmm. Really? Oh, okay. I thought it was the other oh, way no, around. No. That was the but, first thing that jumped out. I'm like, when, when the hell did, did he add some more gold to that thing? When uh, when he left WWE, they retired the belt again. It's like wherever he goes, the big gold belt follows him, and then they retire it when he leaves. But I heard in, in recent years that, you know, it was always said that he designed the belt and, you know, he was the first one to hold that belt. But the guy that designed it, I don't know if he was telling the truth or not. He said Ric Flair really didn't have much hand in designing it. He said he paid him like 225000 for the design. But he didn't design it. He was like, that's my design. He just bought the trademark for it. Oh, hey. It is what it is. But, you know, word of the wise going to nature. As many people have tried, even the government, it's kind of hard to go up against that billion-dollar legal machine. Yeah. If the government took the L, <laughs> Nate, you don't stand a chance. Let's just be honest. You don't stand a chance. But hopefully, uh, I don't know, wh- whatever it is, we'll just – be smoothed over and I'll be like, yeah, he's just getting old. And and they work him in. But I'm telling you, I think Ric Flair as a uh a manager would be off the chain because there's some people that could really get an instant career boost if Nate was doing it. And they could bring back the horseman. He could be James J. Dillon. Yeah. You have enough talent. And be the newest thing called Nate. You have enough talent. And that would be more t shirt sales. More other things that they could roll out, more WWE Network stuff, because they got to capitalize and do something with it. Because let's be honest, uh, AEW has two out of the four horsemen. Yeah, there's only there's but only two me... quote unquote active ones left, Nate and Wyndham. Well, okay. See, I'm I'm always for the. Original. I know, but yeah, <laughs> WWE is not uh, uh, touching Ole <laughs> with a, a hurricane-size yardstick. <laughs> so we just got to take what we can get. No offense. I mean, I believe in it, too, with Ole. But I'm just taking it for what it is, for what could be possible. So they only got two. Let, let me tell you this. This is maybe about – I think this is about two and a half, three years ago, maybe longer. I had went to Target. And I called my brother-in-law on the phone. I said, dude, they got uh, the four horsemen here in uh, Target, all four of them. I said, but I, he said, you going to buy it? I said, no. He said, why not? I said, they got Barry Wyndham. He said, they don't have any other version? I said, no. I said, you know, I want the original version. That's not even coming out the pack. And it come with all the bills. Mm. He said, you're not going to buy it? No, sir, I'm not. 
I put it back. We went back and we searched maybe like six or seven targets in the area trying to find the original Four Horsemen. Could not find it. And I'm, I, I look back at it now. I said maybe I was being, you know, petty, childish. But I know what I know and I know what I like. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't have really appreciated it that much if I would have bought it. Yeah. So I mean, I respect Barry Wyndham for being the longest replacement out of uh, anybody that's tried. Because Lord knows, oh, you're a horseman. Well, actually, correction. I think Ben. Wow, may have outbeat Barry. We have to look at that and see. I think Benoit may have uh, done it a little bit longer than Barry Wyndham. Well, with Sting being a part, that's what. But see, that's uh, you say bring the horse and back. That's the thing. It's got to be strong because you already bringing Sting in to be have a horseman. It kind of blew already. it for me. And that's uh, the revival. That's two parts ready. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two parts ready. That's wow. a tag division yeah. right there. Two parts ready. They, you need two strong singles. Only I will bring in Cesaro. Okay. And then you will need the headliner to be your champion. And I know it's going to sound crazy just off the top of the dome. But I would give it to the Miz because the Miz can talk, and he has that persona of larger than life, living. And if you watch the craziness the show, of yeah, what he's doing, yeah. that's his his outfits. Yeah. He's wearing his look, yep. his thing, his coat, his glasses. You know, you put a suit on, or he. That would be my four horsemen. I, and it's been a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, members of the Horsemen. How about that? Yeah. Now the other group that, if they weren't an established group, I would say would just be a shoe in would be the Undisputed Era because that's just a foursome that's already doing it. But right. Undisputed Era is a brand, so they're the only true, in my opinion, rivals to of recent times to the Four Horsemen. And even NWO proper. I'm gonna tell you something. Somebody told me once. They told me that the best incarnation of the Four Horsemen was Mongo McMichael. <laughs> you, I said, "Go sit down." <laughs> they're crazy. Now I like Mongo. Go sit down. <laughs> but his promos were the funniest. Say that was the best. Mongo would get so worked up. It's like, oh gosh. And he was great for that time. But yeah, no. He he wasn't as effective. When what you would see the Shield do, or the New Day, when they would do the the, the revolving stomps, you just knew Ric Flair was wrestling. You just looking at the time. Like why are you looking at your watch? Oh, I'm waiting for uh, Arn Ole and Tully to show up. What do you mean? Here they come, and then you're just catching the beat down. Ding 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 ding. <laughs> Disqualified because you know you catching the beat down. I'm sorry, Sting. We didn't cross the 15-minute mark. You ain't win this belt yet? Yeah, you know you're catching that beatdown, right? Okay, just want to make sure you are aware. That was just the standard. You face Flair, you get the beatdown. You face, you know, Arn and uh, and Tully, you're going to get beat. That's good. They're going to beat the hell out of you. 
You know, you face Ole, he's hard-hitting. Those four together in a, 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 a fatal four-way tag or something, that's just, just, just liquid gold. Period. Yeah. And that's that's the gold standard. So that, like I said, Ric Flair, just stop what you're worrying about what, when it comes down to that. That ship has sailed. It's done. It's even in Sports Center right now. So it's done. You can't you can't control that. That 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 beast is is beyond your control and your size. It's cracking at this moment. But what you can do is be the mouthpiece for some of these superstars that need it desperately to make their career go to the next level. Period. Now, on to another future Hall of Famer. And arguably, without question, one of the best influencers and workers and and talents in the business, Chris Jericho. Because just as we sung <laughs> Ric Flair's praises, only one man can be Y2 famous by one winning the first ever championship belt for a new brand. Losing the championship belt somehow. Going viral for his celebration. Talking about a little bit of the bubbly. And the Twitter has gone nuts with people just infusing that in the songs. I'm waiting for somebody to do Mambo number 9. And do a little bit of bubbly in my life. I'm telling you, it's coming. Um, And then get the belt back. So how you lose the title. For a, a brand new company, I wanted to say Fleshling, but a brand new company, but yet get virally famous for a catchphrase, and then somehow get the belt back. That's insanity. That is insanity. Only Chris Jericho could do that. Anybody else, they'd be fired, disavowed. Y2J is now just. Did you see him retweeting? Have you seen some of this stuff that they've been doing, man? Yes. I've been watching them. One thing I do is I'm not able to watch a lot of TV sometimes, but I'm I'm a lot of social media, especially wrestlers pages, and of course, uh, looking in on Nia Jax and she's got her braids back and things like that. But I'm always on online. I'm I'm always looking at something, and I'm just like Jericho's a daggone fool, but I love it. He's he's always just his promos. His in-ring ability, he's always made me happy with this performance. He's why I can honestly he's, say he's why too famous. Go ahead. I'm gonna tweet, I'm gonna tweet him that yeah. when we get done. See if I get a retweet. <laughs> <laughs> Pound why too famous. I, I can honestly say I've never been upset with him. Even when he first came over to WWE and he was just a Nagging asshole, but I was never upset. Oh my gosh, I was upset with Ralphus. That's all I was upset with. But I need you to go in there and take <laughs> a couple more bumps. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> when he had Howard Finkel as his jerkaholic, and he made him, they were, they, I forget who they were hiding from. He made him put on the Mexican wrestler mask and said, No, this is a famous Mexican wrestler. This is El Dopo. <laughs> and Things like that. Uh him and Curtis Hughes. Oh God. Yes. Uh the 
Yeah, and the the, the taunting of uh, uh Ken Shamrock and putting Ken Shamrock in the in the walls of Jericho and taking pictures. Um, Shoot, when he him being when lo- he went to uh, the ring and read off all of his holds, and they went to commercial break and came back, he's still naming them. <laughs> oh my god! Like it, it's no way in the world that you can find a bad moment for Chris Jericho because. He did what he had to do when he came over in '99, and a lot, arguably, a lot of people are saying he's possibly, arguably, the greatest wrestler of all time. I mean, he damn sure one of the most decorated. I agree. And, I mean, in that uh, match, I knew he had to win. I'm sorry, Hangman Page, but Chris Jericho was right. If he lost, that would be the beginning of end for the Jericho brand. But if he won, that would be the beginning of AEW's brand. That's like, would you have Hogan lose the first match of, you know, your your, your major debut of sorts to Ricochet? Not against Ricochet, but you're going to lose to Hogan? I mean, you're going to beat Hogan to be the first ever champion? Nah. You know, it's like, you know, Adam Cole, you're going to beat Sting to be the first ever WCW champion? Nah. You know, that's just certain things. The match was great, though. And Hangman Page did a great job of, you know, building it and capturing the fans' belief and hope. But I agree with the booking on that one. Y2J needed to get the nod because now he can lose it on the first uh, uh, televised TNT show, and it won't be any problem because who would he drop the belt to? Kenny Omega, yeah, or or whomever else but, you know, depending on what may change between now and then. So that's not a problem. But to be the first, that that's an accolade you need. But that just all I did was make his resume even more. To steal a, a, a phrase from Robert Rude, glorious. I agree. But here's the thing. Jericho knows that he doesn't need any more accolades, truthfully. He's he's done it all. Period. This is just well, something else to I mean, do. And he's more so giving back than it is him needing to. He could just be done. He could go back to WWE and be like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, come back. So you want me to do a title run? Yeah, I'll, I'll carry the the, the U.S. title. Why not? No, no. You know what he has to do? What's that? Go to Ring of Honor. He could. Jericho because versus Jay Lee. This is why I, that'd be a hell of a match. I, I would, I would, I would take it. But this is why I say that. Okay, now, right now, he's the AEW champion, mm-hmm. right? He's been the World TV champion at ECW. Uh, in New Japan, he was the Intercontinental champion. WWE, he was uh, undisputed undisputed WWF champion, your first one. Uh, the heavyweight champion, the world champion, hardcore champion, European champion, United States champion, and a continental champion. I mean, he he's if he goes to Ring of Honor, you basically covered all the big ones throughout your career and won a championship in all of them. Just, Who else can say they've done that? Here's the funny thing. He could 
definitely state claim that he is what? The man. <laughs> Does he need to pay Ric Flair for that, though? What? No. But could he? Yes, but, but he is the best in the world at what he does. He's a and in WWE, he's a triple crown champion, a Grand Slam champion. Come on now, and soon to be One. Hall of Famer. And if I was smart, yes, if I was smart, if I was smart, correction. Let me rephrase it. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to do. Chris Jericho goes in the WWE Hall of Fame this class coming up. Why is that uh, within the scope of possibility? Because did we just uh, induct uh, AEW road agent Billy Gunn into the Hall of Fame last year? Yes. I think so. So you can't say, oh, well, he's AEW. He can't. Yeah, he's Chris Jericho. Period. Yeah. He's all over but now, your network. <laughs> all over. Can't, can't, can't. Can I expand in on that a little bit? Sure. Just a, just a little sure, bit. Because, I, I mean, I got these images flooding to go, me. Now, you do go that. Ahead, Flair, drip it. <laughs> you do that. You, you, you induct him in, 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 into the WWE Hall of Fame. Okay, great. But in attendance in the front row, you got Cody. You got Brandy. You got Hangman Page. Uh, Pop. Uh, geez, you got pretty you got much bucks. the whole dagger. Yeah, you got the whole, almost the whole entire roster. But everybody thinks, you know, it's going to be cool. It's going to be great. Now, granted, it's going to be great uh, because what you're cooking. Yeah, that many, that many people in the same room, that much talent. It's a lot of stories is going to flow. But awesome. for the camera, for the fame, give it to me. Jericho goes to make his speech and up jumps Cody. Dustin, everybody comes and stands up on the stage with him. And he declares, I'm taking over now. And it instantly, right there, as a WWE Hall of Famer, whoever the champion might be, uh, whoever the universal champ might be, uh, whether it be Brock, Seth Rollins, I don't care. He challenges them. And they do a one night only. And they added into WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. The one thing and, that Eric Bischoff wishes he could have made happen. The one crossover yeah. pay-per-view. And he said he would have been liberal about it in reference to who won what matches and stuff. He would really be open to working that out. But that's the one, well, one of the one things he said he wished he could have made happen. The second thing is when DX was invading, he wished he would have known sooner because he would have had to open the doors and let him in. But on top of that, when like he comes up to give his speech, well, I don't know if they're going to do it the same way they did it this year past when you got no, the, that's the open that's ring. Done. I can guarantee that's I would believe so. the, the, uh, the Bret Hart unfortunate mess that they, they're going to go back to locking it down to a main stage. Because they control it better. Daggle, idiot. Idiot. But you have him come from the back. But then when he comes from the back, he kind of opens his suit jacket up and he has the AEW belt on. Yeah. But and he calls for a champion versus champion. Yeah. And, and you know, Vince would know all about it. It would be all approved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no, no. It's all, it's all approved. It'd be a big but work. It's that, but nobody knows. 
you know, you have while everything's coming up, you'll have AEW taking shots at WWE, WWE taking shots at AEW. Hell, throw Ring of Honor in there, throw New Japan in there, taking shots at everybody. Like, don't forget about us. We still here. We got better performance. You know, everything. But as so, you saying we one said universal pay per view between everybody and call it Worlds Collide, and then New Japan versus TNA versus WWE versus AEW. Hell versus ECW versus Ring of Honor versus Ring of Honor, <laughs> you know. And it's it's like, and you, you know what your promo is? You got versus NXT. You, you know, you you have the whole entire Earth, and then it's like you zoom in, and then lightning strikes, and all you see is bow. Everything just breaks apart, and all the different factions are right there. Well, all right, one night on. I'm going to tweet Jericho. You need to tweet Worlds Collide and tag. Everybody in it, because you you know you're, you're better at the twitters than I am. I could get out a pound, why too famous and at Chris Jericho, but I know you can curate the other one a little bit better. And then you know, like hey, sideline junkies just came up with this idea at da 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 da. Smart investment. Yeah, I might have to. I might have to make a video just saying just that. And just tag every single soul, oh, brag that I can get. Because <laughs> Jim Cornette would be a great mouthpiece to advocate for that. He could, he could. But move, you know what? He could possibly convince Ring of Honor and uh, AEW to the possibility. He could broker New Japan, and everything else is, you know, WWE-ness. Three and a half hours. No, four uh, hours, four hours. Nothing. A whole four? Yeah. Okay, a whole four. Because we would of, have to do like Fatal Four Ways, Triple Threats, you know, stuff like that. Women's matches, mm-hmm. uh, all that would have to be featured. And it's basically just, it's, it, it's not to put anybody down. Yeah, no championships on it's the line. The, right. It's to bring everybody up. So those faces that you don't see on a regular basis, your Ring of Honors, even AEW right now, your NXTs, because we don't until they yeah. come on TV in two weeks, you're putting those faces on the screen so yeah. everybody can see. And they don't have to be all main eventers leading up to the main event. You know, they they can be you know like Orange Cassidy's and and stuff like that. Uh, so it, it can go that way. But one thing that I will say. If this gets out and it becomes a thing, and we don't get our credit. <laughs> oh, oh. Hey, Harvey Levin, I've got something I'm, to tell you. <laughs> I'm spilling all the beans <laughs> and the tea and the sugar and the Keurigs and the K cups, all that. Everything's getting spilled. God dang it. The Kool Aid. But see, I try, I'm trying to keep it civil and peaceful. But if this gets out and becomes a thing and it becomes a multi-million dollar, I'm not talking, oh, they made three, four million. I'm talking about five, six hundred million off of this pay-per-view, the merchandise sales, and everybody gets an uptick and we get nothing. I'm waiting outside of somebody's office. Like Flair. And I'm gonna have you my join our lawsuit. <laughs> we're getting paid for this. I guarantee you. I will have a ski mask and I will get my money. Are we going to ski mask? 
I'm, we just need – we just <laughs> shoot with our injury lawyer, and they'll be able to win this case. <laughs> like, just pick one. It don't matter. Like, yeah, man, uh, I've been injured. Why? Because he broke my heart by not giving us credit. Let me let you hear this episode. And at this minute, Mark, the uh, 55 and uh, – well, actually, we'll say 53-minute mark, we talked about what just happened, that they made money off of when we got nothing. Just saying. And we tweeted it. Yeah. Testify. Oh, testify. And I'm a man. But um, <laughs> Now you're about to get a suit. Yeah. And while we're going to do that, let's go ahead and throw in a 24-7 thing, too. Speaking of a 24-7 belt that, you know, we kind of created here at the Sideline Junkies, here's a couple firsts that they uh, posted a graphic for WWE, which is pretty interesting as a reminder of the scope of what I designed it for it to be. Uh, the first ever WWE 24-7-365 European tag, heavyweight, you know, I-85, 95, 45-5-10-15-20 championship champion was Titus O'Neil. The first female was Kelly Kelly. The first uh, two-time champion, who's now the 14-time champion, um, is R-Truth. The first co-champions is a Revival. The first sportscaster champion is Rob Stone from Fox Sports. The first Hall of Famer, WWE Hall of Famer, that is, was Pat Patterson. And the first pregnant champion, uh, I don't think there will be another, uh, was Maria. So that's just a couple quick uh, firsts just to throw some things into perspective. And speaking about throwing some things out there, congratulations to... Xavier Woods and all the crew that have uh, been helping get up, up, down, down to 2 million views and, and subscribers. Um, that's ridiculous. Uh, I think that is arguably one of the, uh, the highest subscribed pages or channels on YouTube. And with that, they had uh, the goal of being Triple H to appear. He didn't play any games, sadly. It's like, oh, I wish that would have been the thing. But he did a good interview, about a good seven-minute interview with Trips. And uh, ironically or interestingly, the biggest game that he mentioned outside of OG stuff like uh, Donkey Kong was uh, his love of Metal Gear, which is uh, really interesting. So uh, hopefully that word gets out to Hideo Kojima that Triple H was a Metal Gear fan and spent a lot of time trying to beat the game. Because, like most of us, you're just stuck in certain parts of Metal Gear and you just keep playing it. But that was pretty awesome to see that uh, they hit that milestone and they got Triple H. So now they got to go for a new milestone. And I'm curious to see how many subscribers it's going to take to get Vince McMahon uh, on Up, Up, Down, Down. Three million. Oh, the question is how much money? Oh, smack. <laughs> Actually, speaking of Vince. He made an appearance on a Firefly Funhouse this week. I know you enjoyed seeing uh, <laughs> the boss show up and be put to bed because he got fed some money. And that just gave him itis and allowed Bray Wyatt to continue his apologeticness to Finn Balor for what The Fiend did. And to uh, kind of challenge Seth or Braun to a championship match at Hell in a Cell. 
Well, are they going to let him in? Got to. What else can you do? Who who else would be good for Hell in a Cell? You have no Undertaker anymore. You know what I would do? Just for Bray Wyatt, because this character deserves it. I would do a special hint, hint, WWE, hint, hint, WWE, hint, hint, writers, hashtag, just steal this one for real. You ain't got to pay me for it. I would do a special, either Raw Smack or whatever one's close. I have to look at the calendar edition of whatever show is closest to Halloween and subtitle it Halloween Havoc. The Fiend. You own the name. The Fiend versus whomever for whatever championship that night. The Boogeyman versus whomever that night. Alistair Black versus whomever that night. Of Halloween Havocs versus whomever that night. And I would I would do a Halloween Havoc theme show. And then Ray Wyatt go in uh, as champion or challenge or whatever into a major pay-per-view. That's what I would do. Oh, and bring Finn Balor back for Halloween Havoc. As the demon. Yep. Yeah. That would start the WrestleMania okay. feud. Again, you ain't got to pay us for that one. That's a freebie. Make it so. Make it so. Just had, I agree. I just had to take a moment, just envision that. It's like oh, Halloween Havoc. Oh, those were the days. All right, I'm back now. Speaking of making it so, <laughs> we got half of what the video game population has been waiting for, um, being Batista in Gears of War 5, the game. That was announced this week right before Gears released. And when am I getting the Gears of War uh, movie? Some heavy hints that it's not done yet, and the dream may come true for him to play Marcus Phoenix in a Gears movie. No. That would be the second piece. What? No. 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 What the hell you mean no? He couldn't be Marcus Phoenix. No. Why not? No. Who's he going to be? Give me a little bit. I'll find you somebody better to play Marcus Phoenix. Are you serious? I, I, no I could, way. I could probably no see way. him as nope. Dom. Nope. Gears of War 3 on. Well, no, no. I can't no. see him as Marcus. I can see him as Marcus. No, can't see him as Marcus. I can see him as Marcus, man. He, he, he don't have the voice. He's an actor. He can put on a voice. No, you can't put it. That's a, the, the voice really? of Marcus tell Phoenix. It, tell, it to, tell it to Joaquin Phoenix. Who is potentially going to get an Oscar for playing the Joker? And nobody believed. Well, now I don't say nobody, but I was definitely a disbeliever. I haven't even seen the movie yet that it's going to be living up to Heath Ledger, Jack Nicholson, uh, Mark Hamill, or uh, the original the 1960s Batman Joker's level. <laughs> and but it's starting to get there to where it's like, wait, uh, I'm starting to take notice. Wait, wait, wait. You don't know who the 1960s. I, uh, is uh, not Romero. What is it? Um, Cesar DeMille. No, 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 no. Cesar, <laughs> Cesar Romero. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was in there. I just couldn't get it out of there. 
I just couldn't get it out the moment. It was there, trust me. But um, Sister Pete DeMille, like, wow, that would have been interesting. <laughs> Seth Commandment starring a Joker. <laughs> and Moses came out and threw a pie. <laughs> like, Moses, what should we do? <laughs> Eat this pie. <laughs> oh, man. But we're going to fight over this. Maybe while uh, doing Horde Mode in Gears 5, but we're going to fight about this. No. Batista is, he's the, the number one front runner. He's the number one vocal person talking about this. People, I mean, this has been something. I think you'll do a great job. And then you'll be like, yo, man, Gears was hot. No. Because trust me, when they said uh, Keanu Reeves in a Matrix, I'm like, what? what the hell is this stupid crap? Matrix. B, Keanu Reeves from Speed? What the hell is this fool going to do? They said Keanu Reeves as John. Like, you I told believe Keanu Reeves running around in the suit shooting people. Anybody going to watch? <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> you know, we, we, no. Your name that people believe. Yes. Yeah, okay. Okay. No. That, that he has said this, and now we got the beef. Yeah, well, I, school, I, because, like grandma style, where's the beef level? Beef. No, you, 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 you got to realize just like yourself, I am a great Gears of War fan. Uh, I, I'm, I'm so deep in the Gears of War, I'm in the process of buying all the books. You know, I, I got Asphalt Fields right now, I'm getting ready to go get the slab, it's five books. And I've ordered them all. A couple of them on back order because they're out. They're sold out. Shout out to uh, Thrift Books. But no, Batista, no, not as Marcus, no. I'm hit you in your kneecaps. They already hurt, but no, I can't do it. Kneecaps, Nancy Kerrigan style. Like, I'm your Tanya Harding right now. Talk about T-Sting here. Lost your mind. Let's go to something else. Let's wrap it up with the most important thing of the day. The most important thing of the week. The most important thing of the freaking century. Are you ready for it? Give it to me. I said, ready. Sorry, I was trying to give you a little bit of, even though you're a hater. Give wait, wait, little wait. trips there <laughs> to, to the thousands of fans around the world. No, I'm not giving you all that because you talked about Batista and Gears. Cool. I'm not going. I'm not. No, I'm not going full Triple H. Oh man, you got to do the WWF Attitude version though. Nope, nope. I'm not going full Triple H. That's Ooh. all. You, if you would have been all on the Batista train, then maybe. Well, I like hate, I was. Hate, 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 I'm not. I'm being. I'm being. Oh, what you say, Chappelle? Yeah, you're right. Hate, 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 hate. Oh, here we go. So, I'm assuming you're ready. Yeah. The most important topic of this current year has occurred this week. Why is the most important topic? Because we talked about this mess six months ago, at least. (laughs) At least six months ago. Hey, man, what do you think the WWE should do, what if episode, um, to revitalize the brand? Well, they could turn John Cena heel, but that may never happen. But, yeah, that'd be epic. But if they can't do that, 
Who's the next best person? Oh, I know. The hugger. I remember that being Mike said. Mic drop. That's all I need to say. I don't even need to say her name. I'm just mic dropping. Six months ago. Do y'all believe us now? Are, do you not think they're listening? Do you not think they're entertained by what we're talking about? I look at Monday, my feed for Monday Night Raw before I even got a chance to watch it because I was uh, had to work late selling gears. Um, and what do I see? Something we talked about. Just boom, there it is. Like a tag team uh, music video. Whoop, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Booyah. I'm going to let you take over now. I just wanted to put it out there. I mean, it's... Landed on the line out there in the, the horizon. It's it's nothing I can say because when you say things, I'm on the lookout. So as soon as they happen, I just I, I put my head down and I take my note. I'm like, yep, that would do it. The People's Choice Don Rodriguez strikes on another one. I've been running to the mailbox ever since it happened, too. Son of my God. And oh, my gosh. And here's the the kicker. Where was it that the heel turn happened? Where was it? Baltimore, Maryland. (laughs) So... Not only do you do what we talk about, you do it from the hometown, from the what I will always refer to as the Baltimore Arena. And the crowd lost their mind and popped hard. Now, when it went the the other side <laughs> in Virginia for SmackDown, yeah, that was some serious heat there. But B-more loved it. Loved it. They marked hard. And popped hard, but yeah, this is going to be entertaining because Cena's out doing his thing. He's you know on that fold outward, but Bailey did what nobody was expecting. And then if you go back and watch it, you kind of see the writing on the wall with the way they curated the interviews with um, uh, uh, the backstage crew. So it's kind of like playing what are you going to do Sasha we're going to do Sasha we're going to do Bailey we're going to do Bailey and you know if you want to be paying attention to it initially you're like man he's just asking these probing questions but watching it again you're like y'all normally don't probe like this uh, I see what's going on but yeah yep 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 I'm smelling a Sasha Banks as Raw Women's Becky Lynch as Smackdown Women's and that's how it's going to roll for a little bit also, related story, I'm quite sure two people that got engaged will be getting married soon. Kind of need a honeymoon for that. Can't be champion of a honeymoon at the same time. Well, technically, you could. Wait, But wait, this how? would also kind of set up the honeymoon free time away for a little bit. How, how did you know about me and Ember Moon? I didn't because Nia Jax bust you in the face <laughs> and you became famous. <laughs> Oh, that good old face breaker. Yep. Well, technically, she re-injured the wound because she heard about what you said about Batista and bust you in the face for that, too. <laughs> Just saying. Oh, man, here we go. Isn't it great to be back on Anchor? <laughs> Jeez. So, 
with that, I'm not even going to try to go on because I said it and it happened. And I'm just going to wait for my Chris Jericho Y2 Famous recognition and my non-payment in my account. And I'm going to let you tell these great people where they can hear other uh, strong future speak gems that will come to life at some point throughout the course of the year because these fools are really listening to what the hell we're saying. Indeed they are. Um, of course, you can listen to us right here on Anchor, which is our host and our home. You can hear us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. I, well, that is iTunes, but uh, Google Podcasts, Podcoin, Podbean, Podchaser, Podtail, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, uh, SidelineJunkies.com, <laughs> Instagram uh, and Twitter, Sideline Junkies, Facebook, Sideline Junkies, Colon Podcast. You know, you can hear us all over the place because we are everywhere. Nope, let me rephrase that. We are everywhere. Everywhere. Uh-huh. I like that. And also, don't forget that that's my bad uh, NFL music theme but I know you got some liquid gold because the NFL season is back Madden is selling like hotcakes the hottest Madden since Ray Lewis was on the cover NBA 2K is selling like hotcakes and believe it or not this will make you feel good uh, mostly everybody that I sold it to had the D-Wade edition a, B, a lot of people weren't buying VC. Exactly. They were just putting that work in because they, they was expecting a really great product. Now, next week we'll be selling the hell out some VC. But initially, they are playing the game. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm a, I, I bought Madden because BJ talked me into it. Yes, so. I know, because we haven't seen you helping to save, uh, you know, DC in quite some time. Yeah. And I need to get back in there because my uh <laughs> my my one of my brother in laws, he didn't pass me. Well he didn't caught up. When I first started with him, he was a level four. I got him up to level nine. And I think it's been about two weeks and he's like, Yeah, I'm a level twenty eight. All them guns you gave me, yeah, I'm good. I bet you are. <laughs> so I gotta get back in there. Uh I was supposed to do it while I was on uh <laughs> on a vacation, but it didn't work out that way because my lovely, lovely wife decided, oh, you're on vacation from your job. Well, come on. You're going to go do some Instacarting with me. <laughs> so I, I've been running, but uh, I had to have a conversation with BJ about Madden earlier. I am getting my head kicked in. I've lost three out of the last four games, and they all been to the computer. I'm like, oh, what am I doing wrong? I don't know, man. May need to get used to uh, the new style of Madden. Yeah, he says... Uh, more funner, pure style of Madden. He, he says, uh, you messing up because you're, uh, you're playing legitimate football. He said, this is a game. This is Madden. You don't play it like that. I'm sitting here scheming to play people, and I'm, I'm you know, looking at play recognition. I'm calling out to play, and I'm like, all right, I'm in, I'm in position because I know where the ball going to go. And I go to intercept the ball. It goes through my hands, hits the receiver's hands. He walks into the end zone. I just mind blown. Yep. Just something you got to deal with, man. But in a related story, FIFA's new Volta mode is going to be 
ridiculous. So for those that enjoyed FIFA Street when we were going through that wonderful period in time known as EA Sports Big and uh, yeah, NFL Street and it's Ken FIFA Street. Yeah, FIFA 20 is going to be rock solid. Bring back so you can NBA have some fun Street. with that, and that will what? Bring back what? Bring back NBA Street. Bring back all the street games. Bring back NFL Street, FIFA Street, NBA Street. Bring them all back. And one more NFL Blitz. One more Blitz League. In this day and age, we could do one more. I would love for that to happen. Put 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 Lawrence Taylor in. I'd be happy. Put Lawrence Taylor in. Oh, God, no. And, nah, Antonio Brown. <laughs> oh, too soon? Too soon? <laughs> Is it too soon? Ooh, never, because boom goes the dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you know we got a, we got our finger on a pulse. Uh, so you know we're setting up for tomorrow. Uh, who? Well, it, then it, I just read some. He's signing with the Patriots now. Yeah, but you got to see the YouTube yeah, so video. I, yeah, I got to watch that. I was at a kid's birthday party, but I'm quite sure he'll ride the Patriots straight to the XFL. <laughs> oh, I got that picture for you too. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> right after you said that, somebody posted that. With him with the XFL logo in the middle of his helmet, said, "Yep, that's his next stop." <laughs> but I was telling the guys at work, I said, "If he went to the XFL, man, they ain't gonna do that. His career is over." I said, "No, but you think about the longevity he has because he'll be the face of the league. Not only that, mm-hmm. he's got long term money because he can make appearances for WWE in different places." The money, he would make more money doing the XFL than he probably would in the NFL, probably take less risk. Oh, yeah, hands down. Oh, yeah, because Vince would use that as a cash cow. Exactly. Cash cow. Anybody that talks bad about that, they said the same crazy stuff to um, Ice Cube when he was out there promoting Big Three. Now look at it. Hey. It's a, it's a viable option, something to watch. We, we so, talked about that. Uh, hey. We talked about that last week. One day last week, uh, what was it, Monday? Dang, we ain't podcast since Monday, jeez. But we talked about that, and Joe Johnson's got a tryout. He had a tryout with seven or eight teams because of what he did in the big three. Mm-hmm. So I'm, and Delonte was spot on with that, man. Oh, yeah. He was spot on. It's going both ways. Both ways. Those that, you know, are – Looking for a career change, get revitalized there. And those that are looking for a career catapult are getting just that as well. So it's 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 good for big three. It's good for, you know, uh, the NBA. And, you know, it's the same thing. XFL can be that for the NFL. And I would like to see big three branch out to a women's part of it. Or and at, uh, at, at least let some of the women play. A little bit more. Yeah. You know, and – you know, that would be momentous as well. And then we could see a big three video game. Hey, I wouldn't mind that. That would be insane. That would be insane. Because, you know, in a big three, you already have women coaches. You know, Lisa Leslie's one of the coaches. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you have her, and then they do the throwback with the legends. You got Julius Erwin. Oh, yeah. You got – uh. Uh, 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 geez, I'm I'm drawing a blank now. Hold on, I got it pulled up. You got Julius Irving, you got Lisa Leslie, you got Nancy Lieberman, one of the greatest women players ever. Uh, Charles Oakley came back out of 
retirement, he played with the Killer Threes last year or year before last. He was in his 50s, and he was still balling. You got the Iceman, yep. George Gervin, uh, Gary Payton, Michael Cooper, Tiny Archibald, Rick Berry, Reggie Theus. It's nothing but NBA and WNBA talent on the sidelines, not to mention the guys that are playing on the floor. Uh, to see uh, uh, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf again, a.k.a. Chris mm-hmm. Jackson for you LSU fans, to see him play again, even as an older gentleman, he showed that we can steal ball because he is killing them young boys. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Yeah, we just dropped liquid gold here. So, um, next week, we will see what else that the WWE does because they are getting closer and closer to the true brand extension happening and locking down the rosters and allegedly getting rid of the wild card. So those that are there are there. They did a writing shakeup. The head writer for SmackDown went to Raw, and the head writer of Raw went to SmackDown. So we're seeing more and more uh, infusion of the minds from Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman. And uh, we'll start seeing a little bit more stronger curated storylines by them as uh, once this Fox thing hits and everything is moving and everybody's where they need to be, then they're going to probably really drive us all the way through to WrestleMania. And we'll see what what they're going to come up with and and how these characters are going to play out. So we may have some people jump ship from one to the other to try to balance out the brands, which I would imagine. So I wouldn't be surprised if Roman goes back to raw because that would, I think that's where he needs to be. And um, somebody, AJ, really, I wouldn't mind seeing him go back to SmackDown. And he could be that figurehead uh, for SmackDown. But, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. So, uh, like I said, you got some tweeting homework yeah. to tweet about Worlds Collide. Worlds Collide. And double check to make sure nobody else used that pay-per-view uh, name. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, this whole thing will just be all for naught if we can't use that uh, that really cool, really catchy title. And then I will go tweet the Y2 famous one, Chris uh, Jericho, and we'll see if we can get some retweets going. Well, okay. We got When Worlds Collide. Uh... Man, that's, that's too close. You got, and, I was trying to think, then, can, can you play on words? Then you got uh, WWE World, Worlds Collide. Oh, so they've already done it. So they already had the trademark. Uh, it's something. Well, oh, well, this is something that came on. Or was that in your house? No, this is uh, WWE Worlds Collide was a two-day professional wrestling show and WWE Network event produced by WWE for their 205 Live, NXT, and NXT UK brands. The event took place on January 26 and 27, 2019 at Royal Rumble Access and aired on WWE Network February 2nd, 2019. Oh, yeah, so technically that's, that's tied into that concept then. Uh, so we'd have to do something else, a different name. I'll leave that up to you. 
All right, I'll work my I'll work my magic. Try yeah. To, trying to bring what would it look like? Uh, yeah, I can't. It'll, it'll come to me. I'm yeah, trying it's to one of those things you got to you got to put it on the periphery. Yeah, you got to be in the bathroom. That way, hanging you know, up think a, about it. hanging up a, a poster or something, slip, fall, bump your head type of thing. Yeah, and invent time travel, but uh. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I can't. Think. Well, I was trying to see if I could get something out there to to, to, to throw it out really quick, but uh, that that wouldn't work. So well, next week we'll hopefully have an answer, or who knows, KG will have a tweet yeah. out by then. Um, hopefully, that way nobody steals the idea. Future shock would be pretty cool, but uh, that and I don't know as a DDT that's associated with that name already and stuff like that. So I don't know. Can't use anything with a lead in it because that would be AEW, you know, leaning AEW's way. Um, what? Final destination. <laughs> no, everybody's going to think about death. Yeah. Yeah. Vince would nix that. Uh, you could do a callback and call it Nexus. Yeah, the summit. Nah, sounds too political. Hmm. We'll come up with something. We got to because this is too good of an idea to let you know. Just it's called World Star. Sitting. <laughs> <laughs> Like tomorrow at World Star, World Star. Yeah, then, then we wind up paying them, so that's gonna take a little bit of off our cut. Well, I guess we'll just call it demand. <laughs> Might as well pay something. Bring it full circle on the show today. We we'll just call it demand. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Well, I guess that's all our time. I got to make sure uh, before I park the mothership tonight, I gas it up real good because we're taking it right back out tomorrow morning, first Sunday of the NFL season. So got picks to get in. Uh, I'm already 1-0, feeling really good about that. I was the only one to pick Green Bay. So let's see if I can continue it and at least go 15-0 tomorrow morning. Yeah, congratulations. I'm glad you're beating yeah. somebody and it doesn't involve me. So that works out great. Here we go. <laughs> I'm not I'm 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 not going there with you. What? I'm celebrating your win. I'm not I'm not bringing you down. I'm saying I'm glad you're beating somebody and it's not me. I'm giving you, you Back, know, the high five, man. Backhanded Praise. compliments. I'll I'll hey, take that. Compliment compliments a compliment. The least I could do. So, till next week, you got your homework assignment. I got my homework assignment. And then uh, we're back in business, ladies and gentlemen. It's time to rock and roll next week. Is a go home show for Clash of Champions. Yes. So, with that being said, we are the WrestleManiacs, and we are out of here. 
Kia. This has been another Sideline Junkies production, sponsored by Anchor FM. For any questions, comments, or even if you have a show ID, you can always email the fellas, sidelinejunkies247 at gmail.com. Junkies out.